The book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And Revelation chapters 2 and 3 give us a glimpse into Jesus' relationship with his church. These two chapters contain seven letters from Jesus to the seven churches of Asia Minor. When studying prophetic literature in the Bible, it is noteworthy that there have been different ways that Christians have interpreted these things, what I like to refer to as interpretive lenses. Some people see the images of Revelation and other apocalyptic literature as dealing with things that are still in the future, while others see these things as having been fulfilled in the past. Then there are those that view these things through a more allegorical lens. I happen to be a futurist where Bible prophecy is concerned, but that doesn't mean that I don't see the value in viewing things through other interpretive lenses. How do we do that? Well, take these seven churches in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. Are these churches that existed, actual churches that existed in the late first century? Yes. I had the privilege a couple years ago to visit southwestern Turkey with my oldest son. He was at that time 10 years old. And we visited the ruins of the seven cities mentioned in Revelation 2 and 3. Churches existed there 2,000 years ago. Not so much now, they're just ruins at this point. Are these seven letters to seven churches emblematic of churches throughout church history? Yes, I think you could say that if you study church history, as I have for two decades now, you can see the remnants of these churches peppered throughout the church age. There are persecuted churches and heretical churches, cold dead churches, lukewarm churches, and faithfully hot churches in church history. So sure, they may allegorically represent the church throughout church history. Or are these seven letters to the seven churches revelatory of churches in every age of church history, including ours today? Yeah. In our day, there are persecuted Christians and heretical churches, dead churches, lukewarm churches, and faithfully hot churches, just as there was in the late first century and just as there has been throughout church history. Do these churches have a predictive aspect, dealing with things that are still in the future? Quite possibly. So, Viewing these things through multiple interpretive frames or lenses can help us to gain a fuller, more colorful picture of who Jesus is. Remember, the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. We should come to these things to see him more clearly. And with that in mind, what do these letters from Jesus to the seven churches reveal about him? One of the things I believe that these letters reveal about Jesus is that Jesus is aware of the things that are going on within his church. He is not distant. God, by his spirit, walks in the midst of the church, and he knows the goings-on therein. This means, corporately, that Jesus is not unaware of the things facing the church at any time, even at this moment. But it also means, individually, that Jesus is not unaware of the things facing you and I at any time. That's encouraging to me, but it's also concerning. This revelation is concerning because it also means that just as the Apostle Peter taught elsewhere in the New Testament, judgment, like those judgments revealed throughout the book of Revelation, judgment begins at the house of God within the church. 
And Revelation 2.18 reveals that Jesus, the Son of God, the one who judges and will judge, he has eyes like a flame of fire and feet like fine brass. What on earth does that mean? I think one of the things it means is that Jesus sees all with a all-searching, penetrating gaze from which nothing escapes. Before him, all things are exposed and laid bare. And he, like finely burnished brass, is absolutely pure and perfect. So when this Jesus looks at my life or yours, or he walks in the midst of your church or mine, what might he see? What might he say as he begins to judge first within the house of God, his own church, his own house? The frightening reality is that if God does not withhold judgment from his own people within his church, what does that say for those outside the church? As the Apostle Peter said, if judgment begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel? That's a frightening picture. As we approach Christmas and we are reminded of the 300-year-old Wesleyan image of Christ as the gentle Jesus, meek and mild, the picture we receive of Jesus in Revelation isn't really that. Something to think about. We'll see you next time. Thank you.